Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we're talking about tomatoes. Near tomatoes. And joke falls flat now. With me to discuss tomatoes, androids, machines, all that fun stuff is my good friend Craig. Hello! And Michael. Hello. Eh, really quick, let's change it up. Get the stats out of the way, Mike. That's yeah, a big okay. One. Okay, so Near Automata is a game from the developer Platinum Games, and it came out back in 2017 on the PlayStation 4, and then it got a later release on Windows and the Xbox One. Um, it comes from the series creator Yoko Taro and is officially part of the Drakengard series. It's a, somewhat of a sequel to the end of Nia, the game from back in, I'm not sure when, but possibly a something like 2008, 2009. That sounds about right. 2010 even, but yeah. And the, uh, <laughs> what else do I fucking say? <laughs> No, 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 that's it. You got it. Thank you, Mike, for wrapping up the whole gestalt of Nier. Thank you. Uh, so, Craig. Yes. You're a man who has no previous experience with this series, including Drakengard. I am absolutely and utterly. I, was, I went into this blind. How do you feel about going back to older parts of the series, out of curiosity? It hasn't quite... If it, if it came out in some... Is it available in the PlayStation 4? Probably not, so I can't be bothered going and digging out old stuff to go and play it, so nah, probably just with me. That's perfectly fine. Despite no, my man. strong feelings towards this game as being great. Now see, why do you spoil it every time you spoil well, it? I'm not spoiling it, it's, that doesn't give away how, what if I thought the game was good or not. You just said it was great. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mike, you're on a podcast with two stupid men. Mm -hmm. uh, you're somebody who did recently replay Near, right? That is correct. That is correct. You mean the the original? Original, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gestalt and Replicant. Yeah, strangely enough, what what actually happened was um, I'd always known about Near. I had played a little bit of Dragon Guard, I think, years ago. I didn't really, I didn't really remember it or anything, but. Um, when I bought Near Automata, I decided to also pick up the uh, the 360 version of of Near, along with its DLC, oddly enough. Um, and I played it directly after this game, which was a well an odd choice, but because I thought, well, I'm not sure what I was thinking. I think I was expecting like a forward link, but I thought I'd work in reverse and look for where it connected working backwards. I don't know why, I think it's just because I didn't have the 360 out and available to me. But um, but yeah, yeah, I did go back to play that one. And uh, so I can tell the tale of how they uh, they kind of compare and contrast, I guess. But I won't. Uh, I'm kind of like Mike. I played Drakengard around the same time I played Chaos Legion, and I remember Chaos Legion, and I don't remember Drakengard. So that might tell you something. Uh, I... I never had much interest in playing Nier. I've played it 
through to, I think it was like the second playthrough thing. And then I just Googled what it did at the end because everybody was always like, you know, you have to see what it does at the end. And uh, I think it's amazing what it does at the end. It's a really cool idea. But I just never got the gumption up to finish it. Uh, we were supposed to play this game uh, quite a few months ago, actually. And then, you know, Mike's moving and all that kind of threw everything into disarray. So I did the first playthrough of this uh, a couple of months ago. And I just finished it yesterday, like all the other paraphernalia to it. So uh, how recently did you guys finish this? Um, I think I must have finished it a couple of weeks ago now. But I played it all within a week and a bit, maybe 10 days or something like that, of just hammering it. It was it just captured me and just kept on going with it. Um, Mike, did you just blast through it all in one go? Or did you take your time and kind of space it out? It was, it was a really odd one. I um, well, I got it got it launch day, and I kind of uh, I think I'd seen the first ending after just just a day with it. I just played it straight. I played it straight for like seven eight hours, and then I played it another four hours the following day. No, <laughs> and then by you know by by the end of the first week of it being out, I'd already invested about thirty five forty hours. That's good. That's unheard of now. I mean, these days I don't get that anywhere near that amount of time put into games. But no, I. It's young I, Mike's time. Yeah, yeah. I jump, jump straight into it, and I mean, look. Let's have a look at the trophies. Uh, very first trophy is it, eighteenth of March two thousand seventeen, and the platinum was the, the first of April two thousand and seventeen. So that's what twelve, twelve days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, man. That's that's that's, mm-hmm. that's like Neo Trophy time. And and as a as an added bonus, I don't want to go too far ahead, but I I did actually do A to Z or A to Z. So um, oh, you did? Oh boy! I yeah, even I experienced I that. every failure ending possible, along with every yeah. <laughs> I absolutely absolutely beasted it. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's crack right into this. If you're unfamiliar with Nier, uh, let's let's split up the duties here. Craig, why don't you describe how fighting works in an action RPG like Nier? Uh, there's there's several different methods of destroying your enemies. So you've got your general hack and slashy type traditional combat, I suppose, of hitting a lot of button mashing for me but you've got a heavy attack, a light attack and a couple of weapons you can swap them on the fly there's also 2D platforming type session, um, sections which sees you fighting side on, you have got what have you got, you've got a scrolling shooter section where you're firing in your re-spaceship and then you've got a twin stick shooter type section as well, where you are you know, like twin stick shooting. Have I missed any of them out? <laughs> There's a lot to this. Um, so you get your twin stick, your scroller, your side platform, like two and a half D platformer, and your general hack and slash. And you can also hack enemies with a fun little hacking mini game that um, I really enjoyed. Uh, I can't describe um, it, but you know, it's it's close to a twin stick shooter. Yeah, yeah, the little hacking mini games. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, Mike, why don't you tell the nice people uh, about the some of the RPG elements in this game? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So there's there's an absolute monster. <laughs> there's a there's a monster size sized collection of of all sorts in this game. I mean, you've got your the chips or circuits, is it that you you attach on a constant basis? There's, there's loads of these things to collect. They keep going up. Plus two, plus three. Um, you have uh, the ability to to fish. Which is quite odd. I don't know what that was all about. Um, and it's then, a Japanese game, Mike. There must be yeah. fishing in it somewhere. You have you have blacksmiths, which is a which is a quite a curious thing. You've got millions of things to collect to try and get get all the best items. Um, not sure, really. I mean, I found that once you start piling on the the XP, you just absolutely blast through. You have all different options. You can choose whether to explode or not to self-destruct or not self-destruct there's there's an absolute basically if you press your touchpad mid-game you're going to be you know you're going to be a bit overwhelmed with the amount of stuff which pops up on the screen you don't you won't even find out how to change costumes to be honest it's that that hidden you've got you know all your sort of final fantasy staples usable items uh, key items memo files everything there's that you know, it's quite easy to be overwhelmed, especially when you've got extra stuff like emails and all sorts of things flying around. It's you know, it's, it's just a mad mix of all sorts. And uh, and as a beginner note, don't pull out your OS chip. Mm. No, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I I tried. I did the whole okay. I'm gonna empty because you have an allotment, right? So let's say you have 56 points worth of chips you can install. And your attack up maybe take four of them, and your XP up may take eleven. You know that kind of thing. Except all of your HUD displays are also part of this chip system. So you have, if you want your HUD display for your XP bar, it costs one chip point. If you want, you know, a mini map, it costs like five. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Let's just wipe everything, <laughs> and we'll start from scratch. Well, you start. Actually, you know what? Go ahead and pull out your OS chip. Um, yeah. it'll surprise you. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's a symptom of the really one of the really genius things I love about this game, and that that entire menu system is ingrained in the game in such a way where you're in and you're changing your chips and stuff. If you get infected with a virus or at certain points you get damaged, the menu system becomes glitchy and damaged, and I think it's all really neatly sewn together in a way that. I don't. I don't quite know how to describe it. It's just really well done. In fact, I do know how to describe it because I just did. You know, <laughs> like the yeah, that I oddly enough, I was thinking about this the other day, just as I was playing it, and um, and I did think, you know, um, Yoko Taro himself has become quite a quite a well known person in Japan since. You know, he's like one of those sort of almost persona level of sort of characters out there at the moment, and you feel like um, that in the same way, the design to this is like a. You know, kind of runs parallels with sort of Persona. It's got its own style completely, even though you know, obviously, it's not as flashy as Persona. What is? But it, it's definitely got its own, you know, its own identity in a in a similar way to that game. How it, you know, uh, sort of embodies it. Yeah. Yeah, I am um, on your note, Craig. Uh, my TV is breaking, and so a lot of times I have garbled pictures and pixels on the tv screen and there were a lot of times where i'm like is that the tv or is that the game i don't know it, it really eternal darkness to me um I, I did a little bit of of 
checking into Yoko Taro because he's kind of, you're right, Mike. He's like in that same thing as like Goichi Suda or a Kojima or, you know, just these guys that kind of make their own games and that's it. Uh, he's really an oddball. Have yeah. you seen that head th- <laughs> mask, robot head thing? Yeah. See previous oddball that. statement, Craig. Oh, honestly. <laughs> oh, uh, it's not just that. Some of the stuff, like when you, there's a couple of YouTube videos you watch with him doing interviews or um, doing announcements with this thing on, and the, he's just a madhead. Like, he's on another <laughs> level. He's on another level of creative genius stroke not bag. <laughs> mm. I was going to say, I, I, I would say crazy, but, yeah. you know, whatever floats his weird machine-headed boat. Yeah. Suda51 did admittedly do a lot of the same stuff back in the day, so he's gone quiet on that angle. Yeah, but. yeah, that's, yeah, he reminds me a lot of Goichi Suda. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this is better than No More Heroes, though. Mm-hmm. So, I guess he wins the Suda versus Taro mm-hmm. battle. I quite like No More Heroes. No. Did you really? No. I'm thinking of Not a Hero. Not No More Heroes. Oh, that's a very different game. It's a very different game. I quite liked Not a Hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, oddly enough, like this game reminded me, and I don't know if it if it hit you guys the same way. This game reminds me a lot of uh Ico or Ico. I can't remember which way you say it. Huh. Like, while there's a lot of neat little interface things going on the world is incredibly barren and just bleak that's really weird Dave because I, I find the eco sort of comparison works better with the um you know the original game okay kind of it I mean it, it especially in artistic design it, it is very much a almost a doppelganger in some some senses but I mean here it looks I'd say it looks completely different but but yeah in terms of the actual design it is it's kind of quite barren yeah like in the um okay you guys remember the castle section right Mm. like once it flips to 2d i don't know why but i got some real heavy ico vibes off of that Mm. and i i guess uh mike since you brought that up is there much of a difference aesthetic wise between the first two um yeah there is there is quite a bit i mean it feels I think one of, the, one of the really weird things about well both the games is that there's a real sort of uh, let me think of it. So you you've got this landscape to move across, and it feels like there's sort of there's really sort of odd invisible barriers in places where you sort of not sort of oh. expecting them. I don't know. And I, oh, very frustratingly, man. Like, yeah, that's big for, on my notes. It feels like for such for such a beautiful place, and you know some of it is quite similar, but you you feel like. They could have just pushed it a tiny bit more, maybe given you just the option to be a, a little bit more flexible with what you want to do in terms of navigation. Um, One of my biggest frustrations was exactly that point, and it was the point of you can walk by 10 open doorways and not be able to get through them, but on the 11th one, there might be an item hidden in it, so you can't, you can't exactly rely on the fact that everything's blocked off with invisible walls. So you end up just running into a lot of invisible walls. Oh man! And I'm an um, explorer. I love I love exploring. And the place to explore is fantastic. And the way you move, the kind of—it's not quite parkoury, but it is. You know, it's quite fluid. Running up a tree and jumping onto yeah, you're a broken very bridge. agile, very agile. 
it's great and it works really well for exploring the rooftops and jumping and floating about the place. And then you hit a bloody invisible wall. You're like, <laughs> come on. Come the on. One that made me lose my mind was in the amusement park. You know how you have to jump up those cars? Oh my god, on yeah. That little spinny thing. And there's a chest and there's a spoke leading directly to the chest. But you can't take that spoke. I'm like, just just go up. Uh-huh. Just, just go up. The chest is right there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it drove me nuts all game. Although I think I think the whole direction of you know the 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 whole camera angle changing thing all the time it is it is quite cool in a weird way. You know, being able to change your sort of gameplay dynamics on the fly so frequently, and especially in the way that you know your combat. Like one, I, I don't want to move into combat too much, but one of the cool things I love about combat is that you can be just be blasting a bead of beating bullets at stuff all the time and it's and it, you know it feels really satisfying for me but the fact that you can take that into the 2d sections you can take it into the shooting section you can turn it into the into the mech section you know and, and then it you know it continues into like the hacking games and stuff it's just really cool having that um you know it feels like they manage they manage well enough to transfer all these actions through each of these different like like angles of, of how to play the game yeah the, the camera work is superb like on this, I'll disagree with you on the shooting sections. There were some times you're trying to control a shooter at like some weird forty-five degree angle, and for mm. me, that doesn't really work very well. Like mainly when you're playing as nine uh, S in the suit and you go into like mech mode, and you're going down like uh, I think it's a tunnel. You're going down a tunnel to try to get to two uh, B at the beginning. Yeah. And it's just this, the screen's moving at this weird 45 degree angle. Enemies are coming in at like a 90. And it's just really funky. It's not very high stakes or anything, but it felt mm. bad in my hands anyway. Maybe because I have dumb hands. I don't no, know. no, no, no. I'll, I'll admit, I, you know, I, I wasn't as familiar with uh, 9S's part of the story from, from my, my recent run through. And, uh, you know, it is a bit, of a bit of a blind spot in my memory on the game. You're probably right. Um, it's a worse version of the credits from Smash. Yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> that, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's all that, because you do get that the 45 degree angle. As soon as that hit, I was like, it's a 45 degree. Hang on a second. This feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for a Bandai Namco label to just come exactly. in on screen. <laughs> yeah. um, something that I think this does well is the mech combat. Um, at the if your 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 memory's kind of drawn a blank here, Mike. But uh, Craig, do you remember in the beginning of the nine S story sections where you're in like that sewer pipe? Oh yeah, and you got to destroy the, the nodes. Yes, yeah. That is what Zone of the Enders should have been. Yeah, it's it's yes. It, the um the twin stick was a worse version of the credits. The actual mech fighting was much better. Zone of the Enders. It's really, really good, and I think each each of these sections, like the, the especially the twin stick and the flying, I don't think they happen as much as what they sh- like. I would have loved a lot more of it, but they happen at points spread across the game, so it really does work to break up the game, and it just comes out as, as a surprise at some point when you got like one of those big monster, not a monster, you know the things that look like an oil rig with legs and arms. Oh, the Goliaths, yeah, the Goliath. Goliath um, pops up before you know it you're flying around it trying to shoot the thing it's super satisfying 
I would say what it's probably what three different playthroughs before fast travel becomes fairly useful. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd... Like, I mean, did you guys use it all when playing as two B or nine S? I used it all the time. I like, don't. It doesn't unlock time. for a good long while, though, does it? Yeah, it right. doesn't unlock until most of the way. Th- I think it's most of the way through two Bs. Is it not? It unlocks. And then you yeah, lose you're it getting again. close to the end. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very near the end, and then it does you can't use it again, which is frustrating. <laughs> but um, as soon as I had access to that quick travel, I quick travelled and jumped about the place. Um. Now, Craig, when we talked in the green room, you were mentioning how this is your favorite map in any no. video game. No, I think those are the exact opposite <laughs> words from from what I used. The map is the worst thing about this game in my eyes it's horrific it's horrifically coloured you can't control it it rotates based on where you're facing in game so every time you open the map you have to re-rotate it to (laughs) reorientate yourself Um, it tilts but the tilt is I don't know if you found it useful but I top down is useful for finding a point on the map if you can see it due to the shitty colour scheme but the tilting is just useless. Literally shitty. It is just browns. <laughs> Nothing but browns, man. It's horrible. I get it. It's bleak and it's 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 a bleak map. But I've jumped from near straight into Dragon Quest, where when you open the mini map, you can still rotate yourself in game, so you can see where you're pointing, so you can look around and you can close the map and run off, and you Boy, know where you're going. Going into the map. Those two and- games, man. That's like near you're playing in grayscale and then blam, just explosion oh, no. oh, of color. God. I'm surprised yeah. your eyeballs make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's honestly, it's I, I opening the map and near is you got to budget like 30, 40, 50 seconds to figure out what the hell you're doing. Like for me, I hated now, that. Now, I hated that. now, there's something though that makes me think Mr. Yokotaro is a shithead. And that <laughs> is the fact that one of the NPCs, you have a guess dialogue option to complain about how terrible the map is. <laughs> so he knew it was an absolutely <laughs> awful map. Do you know what? I, I am not surprised. Maybe that was patched in uh, after. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, another note, what is with all the NPCs and asking if you're okay with the motion sickness? Oh, Did you guys notice that? Yeah, it's, it's weird, but... I think it's this is another example of that um, the system menu being ingrained in the game. So the way the characters talk to you, you're like, oh, you can turn off the motion, your motion blood, and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I can dig this. Stop asking you know me about what? it. I can there is it. a weird point about this actually, which which probably links into it because when you started mentioning it a moment ago, I thought I don't really know what you're talking about here. But now, don't quote me on this, but I believe I I originally played this on the original. PS4 back back when it first came out. It is pro enhanced, but I didn't have a pro at the time. I got one about a year later. And it turns out that as well as the resolution bump, the PS4 Pro actually actually introduces the motion blur and things like that, which isn't apparent if you've got just the, the basic PS4. So it must be oh, really? that, it's, I didn't uh, know that. So it's I mean I didn't see a toggle. <laughs> is there a toggle for it in the options? Because I I did there actually is, see I, it. There's a toggle. I don't think it's explicitly called motion blur. I think it's something else. that you, It's a slider you can change. I can't recall what it is. But that's the thing. If you tell an NPC that you're getting motion sick, 
it opens mm. up and it shows you how to t- fiddle with that stuff. Right, right. Now, uh, my question is this. Like, a game hasn't made me motion sick since I was, like, six years old. Mm. Um, Did any of you guys feel motion sick? No, no. no, no. That's, that's for old Do games people. normally do that for you, or are you generally pretty okay? Uh, the last time I nearly barfed was Battlezone and uh, PSVR. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that is a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's fun, but woof. Um, just stay at, like, on a television. I don't think I've ever felt motion sick but i know people that are a guy at work gets motion sick playing first person shooters no matter yeah, my what. wife is the same way yeah. she will just ralph my dad gets sick playing most games he needs to play really slow paced games just to make it through without feeling sick mm. you know what not you know my dad can't play racing games because of that which is weird did you Did know they just make that- eyeballs worse back then if if you ever uh, went to a friend's house who had a PlayStation and a copy of Doom, you could play the game. Tell them, oh, is, is this getting your, uh, you know, is this making you feel a bit sick? And then he could say, you you could go and do something else, and I'll just sit here playing Doom for the next four hours, and then my mum will come and pick <laughs> me up later. And that's that's a good trick to use someone else's PlayStation for a good while. What a considerate friend you are, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think the quick turn in the latest God of War gets me in a weird way a tiny bit, but I don't know what that's about. I'm not sure why it feels so abrupt. Oh, you might be just getting Get old eyeballs. Age. Possibly. Age. <laughs> um, like like uh, I I when, last time I took my kid to the playground, she did. I don't know if they have those things over there where you just sit on it and spin. A roundabout. Yeah, I guess a, a roundabout, tilt a whirl, whatever you want to call it. Tilt a whirl. Uh, yeah, I can't do that anymore. Can't do that. Well, that's what they're called when they're amusement rides, Craig. Tilt a whirl. You sound like you're uh, fucking like fifties America. <laughs> well, it's the bee's knees. Let me tell you what. Um, another thing I can't do anymore, just because we're on old person talk. I can't do swings. Swings oh, really? will make me barf now. See, I'm all right with swings. My thing that that's changed with age and maybe having kids is I can no longer climb. I used to climb a lot, like free climbing, rock climbing, anything at all with heights. Can't do it. Like I can't even think about doing it anymore. It bothers the crap out of me. What if you were climbing over a boat on the ocean? I think I would actually just have to kill myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> why you got to do that, man? <laughs> Because you want to call me 50s America, boy. <laughs> um, well, Mike, is there any uh, old person ailments that are hitting you before we crack on with Nier? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll persist. Something else I want to touch on just on terms of navigation is uh, Craig is right. This is the worst game to try to figure out where to go mm-hmm. because the little red blotches don't help you find places. No, they don't. Uh, another thing I would like to strangle Mr. Yokotaro for is maybe it wasn't him, but whoever added tripping, I'm oh. kicking the nuts. <laughs> to be, you're a machine, you're a perfect killing, running, parkour, perfect machine. Why do you trip up when you run from sand to grass? Why? Or from stone to sand, it's when you change terrain. She just trips up. Like, what a fanny. Or hits a bush and she's just gone. Oh, God, yeah. Um... And all the times they have you run from, like, the resistance camp to Pascal's village before you get fast travel, Ugh. 
it becomes a little mini game of okay, I have to mm-hmm. weave here and then weave here and then yeah. just so you can keep running. That okay. being said, can you say that's really the the way you've been traveling through this game? Because for me, the the game's basically a constant grind of running forward, jumping, pressing your dash, then doing a hover, and then seeing if you you know like jumping on those pipes across the little desert bit. You just like treat it as a little mini game for yourself. Oh and- yeah. But you actually run faster if you stay on the yeah. ground. Once you get that acceleration ramp up, especially if it, like I, I was stacking some movement chips, so I, I was booking it when I got running. Yeah, and right. <laughs> I really like the running animation, like like the the way it slightly blurs your legs. Very uh. cool little touch. I do like that. Um, I don't have much else on t- uh, navigation except for the massive amount of backtracking. It's yeah. not a huge deal once you do get fast travel, but I got really tired of going from the desert to the camp and then back to the desert and then back to the camp, especially side quests. Like, that's why I didn't do very many side quests mm-hmm. here. I think that neatly segues into the scattershot nature of side quests because, man alive, they're just in the most random, weird places all over the map and you do you, you hit one i tr- i tried my darndest to hit the side quest see where it was and then keep in my mind all right while i'm back at the camp i'll need to also address this this and you know to do it methodically but it, it, they seem to have made it impossible because when you're back at the camp you pick up something else that results in you having to go back somewhere else there's really there's not a lot a great flow to the side quests that's, that's no a lot of times they'll be like go to the desert pick this up you turn it in all right now go to the desert and pick this up mm-hmm. and you're like why couldn't you just tell me i could have yeah. got both or can you yeah, take um, can you take this to pascal yes you get to pascal pascal can you take this back to the camp yeah i'll take it back to the camp right now can you take this to Pascal? why didn't you give me the two i could have <laughs> got two hands i could have carried both things at once um so what was your general method in questing in this game did you make it a point to try to finish all the side quests or did you just say yes stuff it i finished the side quests that um turned out to not be fetch quests i found it it's getting a wee bit maybe a wee bit into story but a wee bit not but the things that especially the side quests for the robots where it showed them more human like the sister that had lost her little sister i've lost my little sister she ran off she's upset you go and it's an escort mission it's it's nothing special but the the way it's kind of voice acted and the fact that you're talking to a robot in the middle of nowhere that's crying because she just wants to go home to her big sister when these robots are supposed to be (laughs) you know not great and the the you're you're (laughs) Treading close to story territory. Man. I know, I know. So the, the, they're just full of emotion, and I th- I thought it was really nice. So I I did those. I did no, oh, I didn't do anything. There's another one with a parade escort mission, and I'm like, screw you! I'm not I'm not helping you with your oh, parade. Oh yeah, yeah, no, mm. no, that one. The, the final uh, the one, one of those is absolutely brutal, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, one for me that drove me insane was the race. Oh, the race! The race? I, I one attempt, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to bother. <laughs> I did all three of those, and I did them mm-hmm. very early in the game, where it's like you have to do it perfect because you don't have movement speed chips, and oh, it man. was like if you trip on one more brick, yeah. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's another weird thing. Just because a side quest has become available, 
does not mean that's when you should do it. Not at all. Because at all. <laughs> in all the playthroughs, I believe they're all there, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, I didn't notice any that were, okay, this is only 2B specific or 9S specific. Most of them aren't tracked between playthroughs, but a couple of the kind of open-ended ones are tracked between playthroughs as well, like collect 10 whatever. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll go over playthroughs, but if you pick up a side quest to escort someone and you don't do it, it wipes for the next time you start the game, so you pick it up at the same point in the next playthrough. Now, this may be a bit hypocritical because of what we were just talking about, but I didn't necessarily get the flavor that the side quests enhance the story any. Like, did you guys do the um, the scientist one where you just got to pay him increasing amounts of money? Oh, like oh. up to 100,000 gold or something like that for... Yeah, I yeah, started I, paying him I, money. I found a little easy way to do that, but... Huh. Tell me you didn't like, pay um, and then reload your save. No! What do I look like? Some kind of monster? <laughs> okay, a level like Hitler? God no. Um, as, you, as you kill enemies over the course of the game, right? You collect machine cores. They're mm-hmm. actually just meant to be sold. Yeah. And they the longer you wait to sell them, the more value they have. Mm-hmm. So I waited to do that until it was uh, the end of 9S. Okay. And I got, I think it was 700000 for everything that I had. I was like, I don't need to worry about money anymore. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I, stuff like that, uh, like the sister escort, they didn't really strike me as, uh, let's say, like Witcher level side quests where it's like, oh, oh this no. adds flavor to the story. I, I think other than that humanizing touch, they, they got me and my, my cockles. Uh, no, none of them do. None of them do. There's... Rebels that are hiding, or not rebels? That's not the no. It is the defectors, the two defectors, deserters, deserters. That's the word. And you've just they're hiding in a camp, and you've got to go and do X, Y, or Z for them. And I'm like, I can kind of see how this ties into the story, but I just don't care. This isn't the story that I'm in here for. It didn't didn't do a lot. It's a bit of an odd one. I think in a lot of cases, it sort of just ticks all the boxes to say. These are all elements of the game, in a in a weird way, sort of as as padding. I don't know. They cover quite a wide range of things, to be honest, and they do sort of half hit the mark, but I guess they half don't hit the mark too, which is the problem. Yeah, I think. Well, um, what Craig said kind of played into how I feel about the game as a whole, but I'll keep that secret because I'm not like Craig. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of this game, what it wants you to experience aren't necessarily the fact that it's a fun game. Yeah. It wants you to experience certain emotions. And I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not exactly what you would call a touchy-feely kind of guy. But everything in this game, like the music, the world, the, the way people talk, the different quests, just everything about this game is very emotional. Is and I, it's another kind of ding to use your word. The some parts of it, there's a couple of parts which we can go when we get into story mode. Some parts of it are there ob- to obviously tug at your heartstrings, and th- oh, yeah, and, and it's it's not obvious in a good way, it's obvious in a oh, that's a bit cheap type thing. Um, 
Not going to say it doesn't work still. Well, yeah, but... but you can see them pulling the strings. Yeah. But, like, like um, let's talk briefly about the music, because, like, most of your actions set to the music, there were times I was, like, almost ready to burst into tears, and I have no idea why, but it was just the saddest thing ever. Some of the music is, is absolutely phenomenal, and it does that iMuse thing where depending on where you are and the location it adds and takes away layers of the tracks mm. it's, it's really noticeable in the circus area in the amusement park oh I the, love the circus music ah, man it's brilliant and the vocals play in the centre of the circus the further away you get they drift off and it's just the melody behind it and it's it's really so the, the music is off off the hook is that what the kids chain? <laughs> off the chain it's it, Gucci it's Gucci. There you go. Uh, I think the only one that for me was struck a sour note was that desert song. It's like I can only listen to a person wail for so long <laughs> before it's like, oh, just shut up. <laughs> hmm. uh, Mike, what about you? I, I liked all, all the music in the game pretty much from start to finish. I thought it covered just about everything possible. I, I did like the, um, you know, how, how certain songs ramp up. It reminded me like, you know, say, say at the start, it felt like uh, something like Radiant Silver Gun or something like that. And I was like... Wow, nice pull. You know, it's, it's just... I think a lot of it runs parallel to sort of the treasure games. I don't know. And, um, well, treasure and platinum, man. They're like two peas in a pod. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's, um, um, I know you featured one of the songs on your uh, now defunct BGM Select. Oh, not not, not necessarily now defunct, but well, well, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, it's, um, no, it's true. I think it was Pascal's Village, if I remember right. And it's, you know, there's there's loads of cool, there's loads of cool tracks. Mm. They've all got, you know, like Craig just said, they've they've all got, you know, different little sections, versions of the exact same thing, but with a, you know, they even bring back songs from uh, the previous game, which are which sound sound amazing here and. Um, I oh, mean, see that I didn't notice. How how can you not sit in the resistance camp for about you know oh. way way too long? Yeah. Just to, just uh, to you, relax. You know, it reminds me of like <laughs> it's it's like um when you hear like the um the music in like uh, Firelink Village or Majula when you're playing Dark Souls. It's just like I'm gonna chill for a moment and just yeah. listen to this because it is very soothing. And then there's a, there's a beautiful 100%. bonus. You've got like the vocal versions, the non-vocal versions. There's all sorts. If you get the jukebox as well. You can grab, yep, you can yep. grab a stupid amount of stuff to just relax. Do it's just mo- mostly relaxing. It's, you know, it's a, it's a it's nice most, grazing game. It's mostly relaxed. The Pascal Village track uh, struck a little big planet called with me. It's very kind of mm. fun and friendly and nice, and you get the wee kid robots running about. And I just, I absolutely love that track. Fact, um, yeah, I, I do too. And I'm generally somebody who hates the laughter of children, <laughs> but uh, that track hit pretty home. Yeah. Uh, which made some of the voice acting in this just grating on my nerves because it's like, oh my gosh. But before we move to voice acting, uh, one thing that impressed the ever-loving hell out of me is every time you do that hacking minigame, it seamlessly moves to like a bit crush version of whatever song is playing. Oh, yeah, yes. that's that pretty good. Yeah. It is really <laughs> good. And some of, those, some of those bit versions, man, I almost like more than the actual songs that are playing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, voice acting, guys. I think there's one giant standout in this for me. But were there any standouts for you guys? I'm gonna be a, a bugger here and say that 
Uh, I loaded up my save game from from a good while back when I played it for this this show, and um, turned out I'd played the game so much that I'd switched it to the uh, the Japanese audio track. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have now lost all all um, all records of you know the the actual English English version. Um, but it, yeah, it was good at the time. Um, Japanese dub is I don't know. It's a bit it's a bit odd, but I don't really know what they're saying, so I can't. You know, well, apart from the subtitles, obviously. But you know, is it one of those things where like does the voice doesn't fit what you think the character is? A little bit, a little bit, but at the same time, I'm also thinking: Is this really Japanese? Because it's like um, some of the words, <laughs> some of the words which are coming out. I'm, not, you know, I've played a lot of you know, yakuza and things like that, and I'm thinking I'm not familiar with many of these words. But obviously, they're completely, you know, the galaxies apart. So um, I'm not expecting the exact same same vocab to be used. But I know it's, it's quite quite odd. Quite odd. Um, I yeah, think... I, I get the same disconnect. Oh, go ahead. No, on you go. I was gonna say I, I get the same disconnect when I see like the Japanese voice actress that does Goku, and it's like that's that's not his voice. Why would you even do that? That's not right. But yeah, go ahead, Craig. My standout was uh, Pascal. I had a real soft spot for Pascal. Ah, good man, good uh, man. I think the the rest of the voice acting is fine enough. It's it's great. The, the the voices sound like the characters. Great. It's very emotive. Great. Great. But Pascal just knocked out of the park he's such a cool guy <laughs> especially the, after that snap he really nailed it uh at during the eight that's all i'll say is the a2 section oh right yeah 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 that was really good yeah. um i wanted to like uh 9s I was when he when you first meet him, he's kind of like ah, I, I don't I don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. But the voice actor really makes you kind of like the little bastard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Before, go ahead. No, I, I thought you were going to say it goes to the the cast of of crazy crazy robot bosses and and <laughs> which are numerous. But there, <laughs> there's quite a lot of uh, just different voices in there. And they all seem to get a good, good amount of personality, especially when some of them don't have much of a presence in the game. They're just yeah, a, a it, it's got to be a hard line to walk because you have all right. You're supposed to be a robot, which means you're not very emotive, but we need some emotion in this line. Mm. They walk a really fine line there. I think it's very impressive. So there's a couple things I dislike about the combat, but let's start with how good the combat feels. Like I'd say, this is like that. <laughs> uh, I would say it, it's like a, just a very small step below Bayonetta. It's uh, Devil May Cry level good. Like it is very fast. It's very fluid. Everything has a nice, uh, let's say, balance between animation and control. Like, you can almost interrupt everything with mm. a dash or a dodge. And it does have that same thing with, like, Bayonetta. And, and here it doesn't slow it down, but if you do the perfect dodge, you unlock a suite of counterattacks that you can do. And uh, out of curiosity, what was your playstyle and what weapons did you use, guys? I was a sword. Uh, I think I rocked this the stock sword, the virtuous contract or whatever it was. Most of the way through the game, 
and I had the pod, the Gatling gun pod. It's this game actually taught me to use the trigger finger with my, you know, use both my fingers on the trigger finger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're doing some gymnastics. Yeah. um, So it was run at people, lock on to whoever and start, just keep on shooting with the pod while I slash away at something else and just keep on going. Um, The combat itself, it gets quite bullet helly with a lot of the projectiles that are coming at you from enemies. I really loved it. And you can shoot some of them depending on the colour. Some of them you have to dodge. It's super satisfying and slick. It's like proper, proper. It's it's proper. What was that word? Gucci. Gucci. Yeah, it's very Gucci. Uh, did you get? Did you try that pod that when you stand and there's a shmup term called shaving. When you shave a bullet, it slows down time. Huh. Oh no! It no, is very cool. The, I found a lot of the, the pod weapons, like the lock-on missiles, weren't the handiest things in the world. Um, I only used them in, like, groups. Yeah, they weren't as... It didn't seem like the damage was the same as the Gatlin. Um, what about you, Mike? What weapons did you rock? Um, Mine, mine was on mix. I mean, thinking back to when I originally played it, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because I spent so much time mocking up all the, all the side quests and things, I am... Um, I pretty much switched between everything possible. Um, but but coming back to it recently, I just played with what I last had available, which was the you know, the, the standard the standard weapon, but probably in its highest highest upgraded version. I had the um, like the laser laser L one power power up, which just blasts the beam straight forward. Um, I had I'm not sure if this was an add-on, but basically whenever I started a new stream of bullets, I'd get an explosive out of it and then continue the stream and then let go for a bit and come back to you know, put put an explosive on for the first one. Um, I can't remember otherwise. I had a weird rogue, rogue suit as well, which I'm not sure where I got that from. It was like a spare uniform or something. But, uh, I wonder if it's a pre-order bonus. No, no, this was... This was definitely from, from something else. It might have been from Subquest. But um but yeah, my my stream was basically destroying enemies because my level is so high from passing it the last time. Um but no 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 I really I really liked it. I mean even even though I knew there wasn't really much of a threat in terms of my health, I'd still, you know, try and look out for tells of when, say, a boss was gonna attack me, try and evade out the way. And it's really gratifying just just the amount of damage you can get in on enemies because you know some like like i'm gonna bring up god of war again but in some bits where you get a a little opportunity to to attack an enemy you might only get three hits of your normal four hit combo but in in this game you get a nice you know two goes around to um to mess about hold all the buttons down make sure you're shooting off your specials um, and then you know maybe even throw some heavy attacks in because those those heavy attacks look amazing and then when you see those numbers popping up, uh, yeah yeah it's quite a uh, yeah I think that's the difference between a game where you need to dodge out of the way say you got a war a devil may cry what have you and the difference between like a bayonet and a near where when you do a dodge you stay in the exact same spot you just disappear for a second. And that, that means you can just continue whatever assault you were doing. Uh, personally, I like to rock with the big guns. And so I went with the machine axe and the beast lord sword. So I got maybe one swing. 
Ooh. combos. Uh, and then I outfitted both of my pods with the giant hammer. <laughs> oh. So I was a walking junkyard. Yeah, face. But uh, it, it works really well, especially since, you know, you can send those those cute little buggers just flying with some of those combos you can do. And the and act, some of it actually didn't click until I started playing as A2, where if you jump and attack right away, it is different than a jump once you get into the air, then you hit attack. Hmm. Like, there are a bunch of very different ways you can uh, you can combo into things, depending on what you're doing. Is this an attack you hit right when you dodged, or is this an attack you hit after you've moved for a little bit? Uh, see, so I, I think the combat system is deceptively deep like that. It is deceptively deep, and I think it fooled me for the most part, because I was more concentrating on the fact that for that, for that jump attack and the spacing of things, it's perfectly animated. So I was staring at it, not thinking much deeper than this looks amazing. You know, different things were <laughs> happening, but I didn't read too much into it because I was too busy having fun. Uh, to finish out the game, I figured it was only suitable to rock the machine heads. Did anybody else rock the machine heads? No. I'm not sure which, which of these ones. They're just the heads from the machine that you carry around and beat people over the head with. These aren't like the uh, Emil ball things, are they? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's oh, what they're actually, like. I think they're just called the machine heads. Uh, okay, machine. Oh no, I did use those for a little while. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty cool. Oh, good man. So it's, it's just like massive, a massive version of knuckle dusters in a way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing I'd like to touch on that sort of has a ancillary part of combat is uh, let me say uh, one more time just so I can sound like a complete moron the way you interact with other dead characters is very interesting yes yes it is hmm. so Craig well, explain it to the nice people so anywhere there is a dead character a fallen other person from real life I suppose it's not not just randomly computer generated. You can do a few things for them. You can say a prayer for them or not. I always said a prayer for them. I thought, you know, it's the least they deserve. And then you can revive the person and they'll fight alongside you as a kind of AI combatant. I very rarely used that. I found I didn't really need it. So I went for the loot their body and take whatever the hell they had on them. Um, which also reminds me to touch slightly on if you die in game, you are reloaded into a new body, but you have to go and get your stuff from your dead body. And well, you don't have to. You don't have to, but you lose uh, all your chips that were. Um, yeah, that happened to me once or twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it can get it could get frustrating towards the end of the game when you've got your plus five plus six chips and and you'll die and then you have to try and get back to your body without dying again with none of your chips. Uh, um, We'll touch on this more later, Craig, but once you get to that point where you're rocking plus fives and plus sixes, it's almost hard to die. Uh, yeah, I had a plus six. Um, it was something like 8% HP returned for every enemy you killed. <laughs> so I was just like, didn't need any health items, didn't need a th just run into a group of enemies and nothing, nothing happened 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you get the one where if you haven't taken damage for one or two seconds, yeah, it starts refilling your rate at, like, 2% mm. per tick. It's like, jeez. It, uh, it really made uh, callbacks to me of, like, uh, Symphony of the Night quite a lot of this, this sort of stuff. I remember a lot of times running across this Alucard, like, with a, a cape of healing and just you know, w- walking those extra steps just, just to heal up. Uh, now, there's a part of me that wanted to scream blasphemy, <laughs> but I get your point. Like, I understand what you mean. Yeah, uh, and that's something I'd like to ding it for, as Dave would say, mm. is I think this game is too easy. Yes. Like, I only died when I stopped paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm. I, I, you know, you're getting ready to close it out for the night, and you're like, all right, I just want to finish this fight, and you just end up mashing square. Now, okay, yeah, I'll die. But if you have any kind of attention, and this may be because I'm used to this kind of game, but I died maybe three times the entire game. I died once, and it was to a moose. Oh, you got moosed? Yep, I got moosed. After that, I didn't have a problem. Well, I, I died numerous times. Um, I was in pursuit of the big, big secret boss. Um, and yeah, oh, he, yeah, he absolutely mauled me. So, uh, the secret boss isn't anything necessarily spoilery to the story, really. It's just that um, you fight, uh, you know, the poster child. If, if, if like me, you got the game at, um, at launch, you might have got a t-shirt with it, which has that, that Emil face, which is quite synonymous with the game. It's the one that Yoko Taro wears in all the interviews. He, he does pop up if you follow a really long sort of set of, set of opening criteria you get to go in uh see a few little references to the previous game and uh and fight him but he's he's basically guarding a treasure in a little little cavern and um it's an absolute nightmare once you go in there you need to be at least sort of like you know unseen levels because you sort of you, by the time you completed the game i think what what was it maybe about 50 is probably a level you might reach yeah. but to, yeah i, I, I was 50s and to stand a chance against this guy you need to be i think at least level 80 or so because he's just an absolute beast he'll take you out in you know just one hit most likely so, uh, <laughs> and he's got probably the longest energy bar in the game as well there is, there is another boss as well which is quite quite a quite a sight and if i remember right it's just these huge heads flying around in the desert and it's a uh, that can be quite quite a toughie as well, if I remember right. But um, you're not talking about like the centipede boss, right? That are a bunch of heads all balls, strung together. Yeah. This this in an area where you've already got like where you're fighting around uh, heads of that Emil guy. No, okay, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I think I think it was just a regular boss I did. Uh, I have a question though, and this is this is something I should have probably researched, but when you said something, it clicked in my brain. What exactly does leveling up do? It makes the enemies tougher in most cases because when you when you start a new game, like you might come into that starting shooter section, all of a sudden you'll find out you know it might only take four or five shots from an enemy to to kill you. Whereas when you originally started the game, you know you could have taken a good good ten twenty hits something like that. I don't know. It can be a bit. Yeah, because there were. There were times I leveled up, and I'm like, okay, but what did that do? It's not like there are chips that are level-dependent. It's not like... 
you does your HP go up at all when you level? It I, must do. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I it thought must. yeah. I think I think it does go up very incrementally, tiny. I'm sure it goes up. I thought that's what the chips were for. The chips, are, I mean, the chips are where it's at. You're, you need to tailor your health and everything with the chips as opposed to your levels. But there's no, that's the one thing that's a gap in this myriad of stuff is your traditional skill trees or anything. There's none of that. There's n- nothing. No, I mean, I guess, I mean, if you just wanted to farm, you could, you know, in the first area, get a killer loadout and make it through most of the game with that loadout. Huh? It is quite uh, it is quite a game full of mysteries though. I mean I'll I'll admit, you know, for, for someone who's platinumed the game and pretty much totaled it from every angle, there's there's quite a lot of hidden stuff and sort of just odd odd quirks which you probably never get your head around. So it has got that going in its face. And I don't think that's bad. Like I like a bit of mystery in the game. Yeah. And if it's something I really want to know, I can always Google it. But there's quite a bit that's obtuse about this. It doesn't really hold your hand in very many places, and that could be good or bad, depending on how you feel about that kind of thing. Personally, I kind of liked it. Because all I really want in the game is to, hey, go over here. I'm like, okay, all right, I can figure everything else out. That's very much. I, um, Mike, your platinuming, that brings up the very nice, or very not nice, depending on how you feel about it, I have a platinum as well, but I bought mm-hmm. ten of the trophies with in-game currency. Oh, that's okay. How I bought dare all of them, you, sir. I bought all of them and I watched a YouTube you, watch Let's Play, and then I passed that off <laughs> as my experience of the game. <laughs> never, as you should. I mean, that's what we always do on this show, right? Yeah, my my copy's still sealed. I haven't actually played it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Mike just has personal time with the T-shirt. I. Uh, I had went into my trophy list just before we started recording when you'd mentioned the, the big boss and I looked at the trophy mm. and I thought, I must have done it, I've got the trophy and then I clicked on it to look at the screenshot and it's, you have just purchased this. <laughs> Damn it. One last thing I want to talk about before we can close this out and then we'll do the story episode. Uh, number one, really quick, the reason why we decided not to do a little story section is my cat is meowing, give me a second and... <laughs> I'll shut him up. Mm. We didn't do the story because your cat is meowing. Yeah, it's a, that sounds like a Yoko Toro solution. Uh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> so anyway, uh, the cat is now fed with his afternoon nibblies. Uh, the reason we decided not to talk about the story up front like we do with most other games is the story is kind of important in this and any kind of summary might give stuff away. So we just decided to back off of it and say we'll do it on another episode. So, something I would like to talk about is how do you guys feel about the character designs? Um, and 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 because they kind of bugged me. Really? How? And yeah. In what way? They. Well, they struck me as very. Uh, well, well, yeah, you'll get this. Uh, they struck me as very Nomura style design. Belts for no reason. Uh, zippers, cloth where there shouldn't shouldn't be any cloth. And I know we don't pick things apart, but it's just weird the way it looks here. Everybody looks kind of stupid, except for yeah. A two. A two looks good. I, I I'm the opposite. I thought I think they look brilliant, especially the trio really? of yeah. 
nine well nine s less so but the girls look fantastic they're a bit uh provocative yeah, what is with those shorts on nine s <laughs> yeah nine s stupid blindfold nine s shorts remind me of um i don't know why like the summer wear and persona for the school kids <laughs> It just it's it must be a Japanese thing or something like that. So I just I just went with it. Can I, I can I tell you a quick secret here? Um in the in the very start of the game, when you when you play um you play in the in the factory at the start, when you slide down one of those ladders you can actually angle the camera underneath nine uh, S's shorts and see the single right testicle protruding. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. That works for the ladies only. <laughs> Jesus, I already had 9S testy in Google there. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, so you don't think 2B is really stupidly designed? No. no. I, think, I think she looks great. Yeah. I think that open that open front is just dumb. It's f- like she is a damn robot. She is a robot, but they have a style. They've got personalities. It looks very... It's a bit like... What was what film is it where Witz's-Face gets frozen and then ends up in the future? F- not future... Forever Young? Future Cop. No, it's Wesley Snipes in it. Oh, um, Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Did they not all wear mental stuff in Demolition Man? Oh, yeah. And it, I... They did, but... The- it is to show her panties that aren't actually panties. It's just metal. <laughs> so why would it be designed that way, Craig? Why would she have a white stripe that mirrors panties right there? Like, I think the way they did Adam and Eve is really good. Yeah. Like, I like that. So, theoretically, she's the exact same as them. But why does she have metal that looks like panties there? But she, It's not metal. It's all skin and, like... I think it's artificial body parts, is it not? It's like down to they've got they can bleed, and they can't. The androids can't breed. Bleed. Oh, bleed! <laughs> like breed? Like what are you checking out? Android veggies for Craig? <laughs> Sick puppy. <laughs> but is it- I mean, I. I- no, I was going to say just just very briefly that I I don't follow the. I'm not following you thinking of the character designs being bad, but I think there are a lot of times where this game can go a bit too black and white or near black and white for its own good. Uh, you know, visually, I'd rather... Oh, that sepia-toned? Yeah, I mean, they, they throw a bit too much where they, you're sort of thinking, this could look really... This could blow my eyeballs off, but quite a lot it's either a bit muted or they just go straight black and white in a lot of cases. And Yeah, by the time you get to the Forest Kingdom, it's like, oh, oh, it's a different color. Yeah. Oh, this is great. I, to be honest, that didn't <laughs> yeah, bother on. me being so heavily colorblind. I was just like, oh, whatever. No, that is, <laughs> Craig, every time you bring that up, I feel so sorry for you, man. Let me show you colors. It's fine. It's fine. Let me get behind you, kind of like Ghost. I will open your eyelids and show you colors. Um, just, just to state, finally, and a final statement, I think they're brilliant. I think the characters' designs are fantastic. Adam and Eve as well, and yeah. Devola and Popola, or whatever her name was. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely um, fantastic. I can state now, too, that I am also going through Kingdom Hearts, and that is full of the dumbest of dumb, 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 dumb clothes. So maybe it's just bleed off of that. Where it's like, I am so tired of dumb clothes in video games. 
Yeah, fair enough. Fair Might enough. just be that. Um, so other than the aesthetics, I think we're about done here, guys. Anything else you want to bring up before we shut this sucker down? Or sorry, pull the OS chip? Yeah, I think there's only one more thing for me, really, which is that I think quite early in the show, Dave, you did say that the the combat was was combat the biggest drawback for you for the game, or did I mishear that? Um, combat, and then something we'll touch on next episode. Okay, that's not. A but yeah, combat for me, I think was was one of the major like mechanical drawbacks here. Mm, I will I will admit there is something I can't put my finger exactly on. I'm not going to say the game has no soul because I know you hate that, Dave. But, uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say that there is something that, as a platinum game, first and foremost, as a platinum game, I think there is something missing in this compared to a hell of a lot of other platinum games. I'm still not 100 percent sure what it is, but hopefully we'll we'll find out in the next episode as we discuss your points. I wonder if it's just joy is missing. Because most Platinum games have this weird sense of fun mm. and joy in most of like Look at Vanquish, where it's dumb, it's goofy, it's silly, it's fun. Same with Bayonetta. It's just full of goofy fun. Here, yeah. there, there is no goofy fun. There's, there's no goofy fun. It is bleak in every sense, and um, part of the game is a bleak experience, which I can certainly see as being jarring or off-putting especially with the color palette and the ship map um <laughs> the, it's a, a bleak experience i can't think i i can see how that that would work because the truth is there are points where you're getting the same sort of satisfaction level from the gameplay but you're not getting the payoff like you would in say bayonetta vanquish and lots of other games where you know you get your little splashes up of scores and things like that all in really sort of some sort of cheesy way. It's sort of, maybe it just doesn't mix a hundred percent with the uh, the near universe. Maybe that's a well, yeah. If you and if you want a really bipolar platinum experience, play this and then Okami. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. So, uh, just a quick, let's say, ten word sum up from each of us. If you're interested in the in the game and you you like what you hear about the mechanics, but you don't want to hear story spoilers, Craig, what is your quick final word on near mechanics wise? Ten words. Holy crap! Um, this well, game it doesn't have to be ten. All oh, right, okay. So as we're starting to count with my fingers there, no, I I like this. Maybe a wee bit more than it deserved to be liked. I really, really, really like this game. I get kind of get sucked into the bleakness, the combat the fluidness coolness of it the look of the characters everything about it kind of just resonated with me so i i was surprised at how much i liked it to be honest hmm. I think, all right mr michael mm-hmm. i think there's there's a lot to find in this game there's a lot to enjoy um but i also think the best route through is probably to avoid going the trophy route and to maybe just focus a bit more on the story, just to uh, just to keep it in its element at its best. Because when it's at its best, it can be quite an experience. And it's and it's relatively cheap now in comparison to when it came out. So, yeah, go forth and uh, adventure in space with aliens. Or not. Well, you might have played different games there, Mike. I know, because... Uh, <clears throat> 
<laughs> I tried to get you. Good man. Um, this uh, mechanics wise, it's worth picking up only because the amount of customizability makes this fun to toy around with. Uh, platinum wise, they don't ever force you to have to do that. I mean, platinum games, not you know, platinum trophy wise. So, if you like to goof around with fun combat systems, this is great. And like they said, the, the atmosphere and the graphics, everything, the way everything kind of feels of a piece is very good. But the game will never force you to think on your toes in terms of your character build. Like, it's very much you find something that works and, yeah, you're good for most of the game. Uh, all right. So, if you are interested or you've played it before and you want to hear the story, join us next time when we will go over the story and other spoilery bits that we couldn't really talk about here. So, uh, what's what's something we can... Uh, gentlemen, for the glory of mankind. For the glory of mankind. <laughs> <laughs>